Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Democrat Gazette Senior Editor, and I am very pleased today to have Elizabeth Burns Anderson of the Farmers Bank Foundation, where she is the Executive Director. We're going to talk specifically about the Lone Oak Business Academy, but I kind of want to spread this out, Elizabeth, and maybe we can talk about, because I know you're active all over the state, uh, rural economic development, rural community development across Arkansas. But welcome. Thanks for being Thank with you. me today. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Uh, a very, very iconic moment to sit in this building. <laughs> oh, no, so. It's a great old building, let me tell you. It, it is a great old building. So Sorry I couldn't find an icon in the iconic <laughs> building to be with you, but You're, Nick and I are going to have to do today. You'll so. work. You'll <laughs> work. All right. All right. First of all, for our listeners, uh, Elizabeth, give us just a little bit of your background so they know who you are, where you came from, what you do. Right. I was born and raised in Magnolia. Um, I'm a fifth generation employee of Farmers Bank and Trust. Wow. Fifth generation. Yes. Two of my great, great grandfathers founded the bank 117 years ago. And so um, it's quite the privilege to continue to grow the community bank and family owned. We still have three family members who work actively every day, including our CEO. And so um, it's quite a privilege to continue that family legacy. Absolutely. I have um, had a long association with uh, Magnolia. I'm from Arkadelphia, so also a a Southwest Arkansas boy and uh, grew up going down there. Magnolia played in the same district that we did, so going to high school games and then uh, college games uh, at, at SA. You know, I'm I'm a bit older than you, so I, it was Southern State when I was a boy, yes, and yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm well familiar with the uh, Long Burns Association with the bank. But uh, now you find yourself doing things here in in Central Arkansas, uh, a little bit east of Little Rock, out in the Lone Oak area. Um, Anderson, a pretty pretty well known name in that area. Right. So in college, I met a farmer. And um, he lived in a small town called Lone Oak. And even though I swore I'd never live in a small town again, (laughs) I found myself um, right back into an even smaller town than Magnolia. And um, Anderson Fish Farms, my husband is the third generation. Third there, okay. Working at Anderson Fish Farms. Um, And so he does all the management and runs the day-to-day operations out there. We actually live on the farm. And so um, we're pretty fortunate. But I saw a quick need for employees and um, the lack of um, education opportunities for our kids in Lone Oak Public Schools to prepare them for agricultural education. And so um, our former superintendent, Dr. John Tackett, um, approached my husband and I about building um, a facility or how do we create curriculum where we can educate our kids for the jobs available in Lone Oak because we tend to see a lot of our kids have to drive to Little Rock every day or they find themselves driving to other towns outside of rural Arkansas. So how can we educate our students to prepare them for the jobs that are available? Um, We immediately were part of the team. And so we developed a committee to raise a millage tax. So we, in um, March of 2020, two weeks before um, the country shut down, we passed a $12 million um, millage tax for the Lone Oak Business Academy to build the facility. 
Um, and after we built the facility, or while we were building the facility, we quickly realized is we were going to need money for furniture and curriculum. And so we just started doing a capital campaign, um, and through grants and um, private funding, we have raised almost $16 million. Wow. Yeah. That is that is incredibly impressive. Uh, have these grants been everything from... I assume foundations to government grants across the board. Yes, they um, they've all been federal grants or private grants. Okay. Um, just this past month, we actually received our first state funding for 1.2 million dollars, and we thank the Governor Sanders for that through the Office of Skills Development. Um, but initially, when we went to the State Department, the the school. Um, the Department of Education, we got a no because they mm-hmm. didn't have the funds for that type of facility. So we decided we would do it our own way. And so we have talked to every business owner in um, Arkansas, basically, that has anything to do with agriculture. Um, and we have been able to get a lot of spotlight, a lot of people interested. Um, we currently signed a deal with Greenway Equipment, which is one I of I saw that just recently. Yeah. Which is, um, we will be the only school in the nation that has this type of John Deere curriculum program in our public high school. You see a lot of it on the secondary education level through colleges or community colleges, but this will be the first time that they have this type of program in the K through 12. So, um, so starting this fall of 2023, Greenway will actually have their own employees teaching diesel mechanics, preparing kids to join the workforce through Greenway. So I assume given that what you're doing and, and we've got a real focus now, as we should have in our state on workforce development, I assume you are now that you're up and running, get a, getting a lot of visitors from across the state and maybe across the whole region to we see do. what you're doing. We do. We have had tour after tour after tour, and it's been quite an honor to meet some um, some distinguished people from around our state that want to see what we're doing, superintendents from other districts. Um, we actually had a school in Mississippi reach out um, to us, and they've toured the facility. They actually offered to hire me as a consultant, but I <laughs> turned it down. I do have a full-time job. Already got a job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, and I really feel like you have to have the passion within your own community to be able to get something this done. And so, um, and to pass this type of tax, which we did pass at a 70% um, pass away. Wow. So we're pretty proud of that as well. We, um, You know, I... I say we raised $16 million, but the voters of Lone Oak raised $12 million of that, and I have to be very thankful for that. So, so 70%, that's overwhelming, given my background in politics. I always say it just takes 50% plus one, but that was a strong show of support. Let's, let's go back to early 2020, uh, before the world, as we know, changed. And uh, what was your pitch? What, what were you telling the voters in the Lone Oak School District that got that kind of support. Yeah, well, my husband and I, we went to, and we had a, we created a community um, committee of our community leaders, and we visited with them about them to educate. Basically, you just had to educate. And being from a farming community, you have a lot of pushback from farmers mm-hmm. because they are your largest landowners. So they typically are against um, increasing their property tax by millage. So just actually sitting down with our larger landowners and explaining to them the difference in how their property is taxed and that a school millage is taxed different on farmland versus um, your personal 
property like your home or your car and just actually showing those numbers um, I think several farmers were just impressed I knew what taxes they paid but that's all public information so right. I would pull their information show them exactly what the millage would do and how much it would cost them and then give them the benefit of hey we're teaching agriculture we um, we're going to be teaching these kids to work on your farm to understand row crops and chemicals and diesel mechanics and um, industrial technology and so um, so once we got that information out and we attended many Sunday school classes many any kind of group that gathered within the Lone Oak School District um, we went and spoke to um, and of course we did have a few beer cans thrown at us but <laughs> well, that's going to be a part of it yes it is in, yeah. in any campaign how many how many students roughly do you have involved now um, yeah. right now we have 160 students enrolled wow. in the Lone Oak Business Academy um, Lone Oak, obviously, because our taxpayers fund the building, they get first choice to fill. Um, we currently have, I think, 16 kids from Carlisle School District, um, a little more from even Hazen School District. Um, we have interest from England School District. And that's part of the grant process with the Office of Skills Development is that it needs to be a regional center. And so we do fill it with Lone Oak students, but we open it up to other schools so that they have that opportunity as well. So for a student that is enrolled there, explain a typical school day to me, just so I can yeah. get a sense of what they're doing when. Right. So once kids reach the high school level, they um, they have certain credits, just like in college. Mm-hmm. So once they reach their core credits, they have extra flex hours during the day. So our Lone Oak Business Academy is basically treated like a college campus the kids either have a morning block or an afternoon block so they come in the morning they do their classes at the Lone Oak Business Academy they go back to the high school and finish their core classes some of our seniors have already completed all their core classes for graduation and they could spend the whole day at the Business Academy um, learning agriculture we also have a rural health care class where we're teaching students about rural health care which is another issue we're facing crisis in rural Arkansas is having health care workers but they can either choose to do the morning session or the afternoon session but they still have to have their credits for graduation high school so it's just an additional perk for Mm -hmm. those kids that have worked to strive through those credits so i have to tell you uh, recently um uh, i ran into uh, my friend randy zook that heads the arkansas state chamber of commerce and he said uh you hadn't done anything about this Lone Oak Business Academy, and we need 10 of these just like it across the state. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I've already got Elizabeth scheduled for a day, (laughs) so I'm I'm ahead of you there. But you really are drawing attention, and you mentioned that you you were seeing visitors there. As far as parents, uh, taxpayers in the district now, uh, do they seem to be pleased with what they're seeing so far? I think so. Those people that voted for the increase saying, we're certainly getting our money's worth here. Yeah, and we we strive to continue to educate the community on what's going on, just like with the John Deere announcement um, a couple of months ago. We opened that up to community members to come and hear about it. We are constantly inviting community members and community leaders into the Business Academy so that they can see what we're doing and just making sure that we get the message out that their money is being well spent because that's really important that they understand that it because when you drive by the business academy may not see a whole bunch of cars but a lot of those kids come by school buses exactly and so you know i've had somebody say well there are no cars there well they're coming by school bus so if you're not there when the school bus drops off or picks up um you don't see many cars so I frequently uh drive US Highway 70 I'm one of those people that hate the truck 
truck traffic on I-40 when I'm going east between Little Rock and Memphis. So I watched the academy come up. I watched it built. Uh, love to look over there and say such a beautiful facility. Lone Oak Business Academy, it says. But I also see a Baptist Health-related clinic there. Talk talk about the connection there and how that became a part of the building. Yeah, and um, we're very fortunate to have that aspect. As you know, in rural Arkansas, um, health care workers is just on a downfall. And to get nurses, nurse practitioners, just an LPN prepared to work in rural Arkansas. And people don't really understand the difference in rural health care versus urban health care. If you live in Little Rock, you have the availability to reach out to any doctor. If you go to the emergency room, you're probably going to have an OBGYN step in to deliver your baby. But if you live in rural Arkansas and you show up to an urgent clinic and you're in labor and you don't realize that you're pregnant, who's going to deliver that baby? It's probably going to be a rural health care worker. And so they need to understand all aspects of health care, not just specific. And so it's really important for this partnership. We have a partnership with Baptist Health and Mm -hmm. UAMS, and they bring five resident doctors over every day. And they work with um, our physician on staff, who happens to be my husband's uncle, Dr. Les Anderson, who's been in practice for over 50 years. Wow. Um, And to be able to learn from somebody in his field who's worked in the medical field for over 50 years in Arkansas, um, and he truly understands healthcare in the rural areas. Um, We also have a pediatrician that comes over, Dr. Cleveland, who's with Arkansas Children's Hospital. He comes over and works one day a week with them so they can understand the um, pediatrician side of working with children in rural health care. And, and it's been phenomenal to see um, doctors on the sideline of our football games mm-hmm. and volleyball games because they're learning truly in rural health care. That's what you have to do. You have to show up to sporting events. You have to be an advocate for that community because they really need that health care worker in attendance. Let's get uh, back, and I may come back to the Business Academy later, but you mentioned your full-time job, and of course it is with your family bank, the Farmers Bank Foundation. Magnolia-based, but has expanded its footprint uh, through the years. Tell a little bit about what the foundation does, what kind of grants it does. Uh, are, are they mainly focused in South Arkansas, or do you do things in other parts of the state? A little bit about your work there. Yeah, so um, so what I do is for our 115th anniversary, we created the foundation. And basically, um, we saw a need to be able to capitalize and create economic development within the markets we serve. We currently have 35 branches as far north as Paris, Arkansas, and as far west as Prosper, Texas. Wow. We also have two in Oklahoma just right there, um, right outside of Texarkana. And so um, we're in three states, 35 branches, 20 markets. And so we just saw a need to kind of make sure, as you know, banks are are nickel and dimed on everything um, when it comes to corporate giving. Um, They are typically your biggest sponsors at events, especially Mm -hmm. in smaller communities. They're always the first and the last ask. And so we saw it a big need to be able to hone in and make sure that all of our corporate giving was being um, utilized for economic development and economic impact and that we weren't using our funds inappropriately because when you do span several markets you you need to understand each individual market and what their needs are so um, so what I do is I do all the fundraising for the foundation we do have a fundraising arm we Mm -hmm. fundraise for the Arkansas State Police Foundation Arkansas Game and Fish and several other smaller organizations within each market so we do um, several fundraising 
fundraisers through the foundation and then we also offer grants through our community efforts and so um, which helps us kind of understand our nonprofits more and what their needs are and so by just providing a grant application we learn so much more about these nonprofits and um, it's been a really great tool for the bank we have seen an economic impact of over two million dollars just in the two years that we've had the foundation so we're really proud of it so and we continue to see it grow We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning along with the latest news and updates dates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So you grew up in South Arkansas. You now live on a farm in the eastern part of the state, uh, not far eastern, but just outside of central Arkansas, outside of Little Rock. And uh, I write a lot about South Arkansas, where I'm from, uh, about East Arkansas, about rural economic development. Uh, so I'm going to throw some big, big picture questions at you 2010 to 2020 we saw the state as a whole gain population but only 22 counties gained population 53 of 75 arkansas counties lost population from 2010 to 2020 we're rapidly becoming urbanized we still think of ourselves as a rural state but we're rapidly becoming urbanized as a state what do you think the the greatest needs are in rural arkansas and uh, some of the solutions to those needs yeah well i mean we covered one the big one i think rural health care mm-hmm. um which is a big one um if you don't have access to a doctor or to some sort of health care facility within you know a 45 minute drive people don't want to live there And I think education, and we're on the right path to correct some of that. The problem is, is you have teachers that that don't want to work and live in rural Arkansas mm-hmm. because um, because of what's available to them in the urban and the urban school districts can pay more than rural um, school districts, and so I understand that. But I think Governor Sanders is on the right path to fix some of that. Um, I also see um, rural Arkansas. I actually love. I have the benefit of both worlds because I. 
I live in rural Arkansas. My children attend Lone Oak Public Schools, and so they have the benefit of um, attending a good public school right. that I'm very proud of. Um, but I also work in Little Rock. Um, I work in Sling County and um, work in Magnolia, Texarkana. So I do travel to bigger cities every day. But, um, you know, rural Arkansas is still the best place to live for myself. Um, and I think it's just educating people for them to understand what great assets you can get out of rural Arkansas. You know, I have talked to some of our previous guests. Anybody who knows me knows I'm, as far as the Arkansas economy, I'm, I'm pretty glass half full right now. The, the boom is, is getting even bigger in northwest Arkansas. We've seen central Arkansas uh, become a, a major logistics and distribution center, along with the growth of the financial industry here in uh, central Arkansas. Fort Smith recently just got that training operation uh, for foreign pilots, which people tell me is going to have the economic impact of a automobile assembly plant on that city. Right, Extremely right. exciting, about a billion a year. I was in Jonesboro last week, which of course is booming. Mississippi County, soon to be the steel capital of America. Who could have ever dreamed that? And you say, well, everything's Little Rock North you're talking about, but I get down in your home area of South Arkansas, and I I, I tell people uh, a couple of things. One is that I don't think most Arkansans realize that uh, the Ukrainians right now are arguably winning their war against Russia, uh, largely with armaments that are made in the pine woods of South Arkansas, right. just outside of Camden. Yes. They're employing about 3,000 now hundreds of jobs available now if people were to want them. Meanwhile, uh, again, as you well know, hailing from that area, we've got the experiments on how we take the brine that we've been injecting back into the earth and pull lithium out of it, which is going to be more and more needed for electronic vehicle batteries. And somebody that really knows the industry told me they think that's got a good chance of succeeding, which could be the next oil boom for for your home area in South Absolutely. Arkansas. So good things happening in that area Absolutely. now, too, yeah. economically. Absolutely. And Southern Arkansas University um, just reached 5,000 students. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, the amount of growth, they still um, steadfast that they are the most affordable univer four-year university really, in the state. Really unbelievable. And, I, now, um, I'm a bi-source. The President Trey Berry and I grew up together in Arkadelphia, yeah, and he's, he's one of my best friends. Guy. So phenomenal. if you ever need to sink him, you just let me know. Oh, I've got all the information. I know exactly how to find <laughs> Him. So uh, I'll make sure he gets a copy of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do uh, make sure of yes, that. Yes. Dr. Treyberry has done a phenomenal <laughs> job with SAU along with his predecessor, Dr. Rankin. And um, both of them have been a phenomenal economic impact for Magnolia. Um, and to see the growth of SAU, I know lots of Lone Oak students that attend SAU. And it's been quite an honor to see that legacy down there. It was a small university when I graduated from high school. and mm -hmm. um, But it did provide myself some opportunities with summer classes and even they have kids colleges and it really is a great economic impact for Magnolia um, like I said they have 5,000 students and the growth in their programming is just it's just unstoppable and I think you'll see SAU continue to grow and that economic impact on Magnolia. You know and I often make the point uh, we can't just focus on K through 12 or even pre-K through 12 anymore more and more, and you're seeing this as you you train uh, 
these students at the Business Academy, some will need to go on and at least get another couple of years, more and more for the workforce of the future. You know, you're needing at least an associate's degree, if not a bachelor's degree. So, uh, again, talking about rural development, we cannot forget our, our small smaller colleges and universities, our four years, like SAU, like UAM, like Henderson, but at the same time, also our 22 community colleges that we have around the state. They're, they're all going to play a big role, are they not, in that Absolutely. workforce Absolutely. We just opened the um, Farmers Bank and Trust Workforce Development Center at UAHT in Texarkana. Oh, great. Um, so the foundation was an advocate to push that through, um, which is just makes a full circle for myself, you know, having workforce in Lone Oak and then now um, mm-hmm. in southwest Arkansas through Texarkana um, in their Texarkana University of Arkansas Hope Texarkana market. And so Texarkana and hope have tremendous community colleges and so they have great opportunities there for their students high school and um, college as well so yeah southwest arkansas is is an incredible place and i get to frequent it often i don't live there permanently but i'm there almost once a week for work and so it's it's never a dull moment there's always exciting things going on exactly i'm excited for instance to see uh, the Arkansas State University system gets so involved as you go down that I-30 corridor. ASU uh, now offers all the academic parts of, uh, talk about technical training, that beautiful center you can see from I-30 just outside right. of Benton there. Absolutely. The Saline County Center. And then they've got a two-year school at Malvern. And, of course, now Henderson, a four-year university, part of the ASU system. So they've got a plan to basically uh, funnel students all up and down right. that quarter, yeah. which, again, I think is exciting for rural Arkansas. And ASU is also a partner through the Lone Oak Business Academy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so they um, they support our teachers and our curriculum. And so outside of the Greenway platform, all of our teachers through the Arkansas Business uh, the Lone Oak Business Academy are ASUBB um, professors. So. so- so your sense is, uh, and, and you've got these students as they come out of high school, job ready. The Lone Oak students, will will most of them uh, go right into the job market out of high school, or will a, a large percentage go on and, and get that two-year or four-year degree? What? It really depends on their career path and what, gotcha. their, what their career path is. Several of them will go straight into the workforce, um, and that's Greenway's platform. Oh, yeah, they and want them straight yeah. into the platform, into their workforce. Um, several of them will have another year um, of continuing education, maybe even two if they want to get um, a higher-level nursing degree. My own children, I have two boys myself, and I'm saving for college. I hope that they attend a four-year college. But my hope is is they attend the business academy, learn diesel mechanics, learn mm-hmm. row crop farmings, go attend, get a get a four-year degree and whatever they choose. But then they have those types of skills that they can use either on the farm as they, if they return to Anderson Farms or in their own career path. And so I think it's just giving kids more Um, preparation for careers no matter what career they choose exactly how old are your two sons they're 12 and 14 i just want to tell you i've got two they are 30 and 26 and it doesn't get any easier they're still wanting things at that age so that's just a warning going forward the wallet never closes oh no it really doesn't they are still calling about things at age 30 and 26 I, i i can assure you that 
Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. Uh, anything I have left out on this? I, we've covered a lot of ground from from Lone Oak all the way down to South Arkansas because I wanted to make this uh, to focus on the Lone Oak Business Academy, but I wanted to get your feel because you're all over the state and have such a good feel for rural economic development. Uh, right, and, and the biggest thing with rural economics that I learned growing up as a child, I had a phenomenal example of my parents and grandparents who – who put that example of volunteering more, providing um, volunteers, and working in public service. And so I encourage people all the time, get out, volunteer more. Be, your churches need you. Your community needs you. Your school needs you. There's so many nonprofits that just need people to show up. They don't necessarily need your money. They just need people to show up with good ideas and, and manpower to work. And, um, and so I'm hoping that by um, some of the nonprofits I work with, and we didn't even touch on some of them today, but that my own children see that my husband and I continue the public service trend and that one day they will give back to our great state of Arkansas because really the only way we're going to be a great state is to teach our future about giving back as well. Would so. you describe yourself as optimistic about the future of Arkansas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think there's no better place in the United States I would live right now than Arkansas. We're a hidden gem. That we makes are. two of us yeah. when we say that. Elizabeth, thank you so much. I knew the time would go fast. It's been a great conversation. We'll have you back sometime. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Elizabeth Anderson of the Farmers Bank Foundation. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.